Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is the City's podcast. It's over. Well, you've thought that before, right? As we enter spring, there's a hope that the COVID surge due to the Omicron variant is now in our rearview mirror. But last spring, we thought the Delta variant might be close to being over as well, and Look what happened in the months since. So how are hospitals dealing now with this breather of sorts, which could actually be a long-term game changer in the fight against COVID? We talked with the chief medical director of Genesis Health System, Dr. Kurt Anderson. So Dr. Anderson, what is it like in the hospitals right now? I mean, you've seen the worst of it, I would assume, and hope the worst doesn't come back. Yeah, we've definitely seen a significant improvement in our COVID patient population. Uh, we are uh, in a much better place. We're, we're really returning back to the levels that we were in last summer. You were talking about your COVID, uh, COVID patient count. What about the other patients? Does that now increase? We do expect that there will be some uh, patients that will uh, increase, uh, patients who may have been delaying care, uh, not wanting to come to the hospital when we we're in the middle of a COVID surge. Uh, overall, I would say uh, we're uh, at or above our normal census in uh, non-COVID uh, uh, this time of year in a non-COVID year. Now, I know that elective surgery you can do anytime, but there is some types of surgery or some types of medical treatments that can be delayed. What were we kind of looking at? I mean, what are you what are you seeing an increase right now? You know, uh, uh, some of it's preventative care, things like uh, procedures like colonoscopies. Um, and uh, more minor type uh, health maintenance uh, type of procedures. Uh, But some of it's uh, even surgical care like a a knee replacement or a a hip surgery that the patient may just be living with the pain until they decided that they wanted to uh, come to the hospital to have a surgical intervention. So some of that care uh, was delayed during the pandemic. We know that. Um, That's kind of in the surgical area. There's also medical care that was delayed. Patients who uh, may have noticed worsening of their symptoms, but they just didn't come in to see their physician or uh, come into the hospital during that time, uh, during the COVID uh, surges. You're seeing the Omicron surge come to an end, so to speak. I, I know that there's always going to be some cases, of course. Did this one, did this surge even surprise you? Because it really did hit quick, hard, fast, and with unprecedented numbers of patients. You know, I think that the, the how quick the onset uh, came was a bit of a surprise. We knew it was coming. Uh, our numbers shot up very rapidly. And, and I think the biggest challenge was it was right as we were on our downslope from the Delta surge. So we're just starting to come down the Delta surge at the end of December, and we shoot right back up with, um, you know, more positive cases in our community than we had ever seen. 
Um, and uh, that that was the most surprising thing was that uh, how how many cases we saw uh, and the fact that it came right as we were trying to recover from coming off the Delta surge. And you're talking about medical experts and first responders in the medical field that have already faced two years of this. Now we're entering that third year. Um, I mean, I, I understand the fatigue. I can understand the frustration, but I really don't understand it as deeply as you guys do. I mean, what is it like entering the spring of 2022? Yeah, no, I was talking to one of our teams today um, in the emergency room, and it's really that, uh, you know, we bond together as a team and we bond together to take care of our community in, in the worst of times. And, th and that's how it had been for the last two years. Uh, the concern uh, that, that we have is when you kind of then come up for air, uh, there's a lot of people who are really tired and are uh, really uh, burned out from their jobs. And um, that's why we're seeing, I think, across the country, uh, open open positions for nursing and other uh, healthcare roles uh, that have never been seen before at this rate. So well, Genesis and other medical centers are very, I mean, I want to say that you're aggressive right now in, in your recruitment process, uh, reaching into the high schools, as well as, you know, uh, making sure that uh, there is college education. That's pipelines years down the line, though. I mean, that's got to be somewhat worrisome. What do you see for the immediate impact? I, I know Cottage Hospital in Galesburg, of course, closed, so you had a number of professionals that perhaps you were able to get there. But for the short term, what can you do? You know, our focus uh, is several things. It's it's making uh, making sure we're telling the story of uh, what we do at Genesis and our mission to care for our community, to try to bring more people into the healthcare profession, even the early outreach into the schools, as you mentioned, but also taking care of our own staff, trying to understand the challenges that they went through over the past two years and do everything we can, can to support them, to keep them as part of our healthcare team in our community. So it's both uh, adding and building back up our teams uh, with new nurses, with new patient care techs, with uh, new front office help, uh, as well as um, uh, keeping our current teams uh, uh, happy and healthy and well and giving them a chance to recover from what really has been a tough two years. Lots of challenges in the last two years, high volume of patients, very sick patients, at times, a uh, personal concern that you or your family might get sick. And also, unfortunately, something we've talked about a little bit earlier in the year, a little a shift in attitude in some of our patients that uh, uh, that really uh, put our staff in uh, verbally and at times physically abusive situations, something that I've never seen in over 20 years in healthcare. The amount of that that we faced in the last two years certainly has contributed to the, the strain on our teams. You, I mean, you have never seen a pandemic of this sort. None of us have, unless we were about 100 years old. And let's be honest, medicine during the Spanish influenza was much different than it is now. And I, and I hate saying new normal, but I mean the confrontation perhaps and the questioning of doctors, uh, nurses, and other medical professionals. I mean, is that something that you're now training your staff to better deal with? Not, I'm not saying that they weren't better at it before, but it, like you said, I hate saying this. Is that the new normal? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it is concerning, you know, for for years uh, that we have built on our healthcare knowledge. That's how we get better. That's how we evolve. That's how we improve. You know, and, and the care now is vastly different than it was uh, in the Spanish flu pandemic. But it was always built in a partnership, a trust between science and healthcare providers and the communities that we serve. And it feels uh, in in some way that trust has been somewhat broken and fractured. 
Uh, I think many, many people still do have faith in the science and trust in the providers who do all they can to try to provide the most up-to-date, the most uh, valid care. Uh, but for some parts of the community, that trust has been lost and will have to be rebuilt. Um, I, I would hate to say it's the new normal that patients won't uh, seek the advice of professionals who dedicate their lives to providing the best care possible um, and instead seek a, uh, an alternative that it may have no, no benefit and may actually harm their health. So I, I, I hope we don't fall into that pattern, but there's some work to be done to rebuild that trust. Um, and I think that the, um, you know, the role of the media in helping us uh, get that message out is important. Well, I think in so many different ways, Americans don't like being told what to do. Um, and so when, when you're told you have to wear a mask or you have to get vaccinated, there's always going to be that pushback. So I wonder if we have we plateaued, have we reached the expected limits as far as vaccinations and, and even booster shots are concerned? And, and, and what does that do to any variants in the future? Because you keep saying that a majority of your COVID patients are those who are unvaccinated. Yeah, certainly the, the more the virus can spread uh, in our community and, and communities across the United States and the world, the more likely another mutation will occur that will potentially cause a more uh, dangerous version of the virus or more easily spread version of the virus. So the best, you know, the more we can do to contain spread of the virus, uh, the better. Vaccination is one of those very strong tools, which is why we push that so hard. I don't know that we're at the end of the line with that because I think that some of the maybe um, some of the concern over the newness of these vaccines will go away over time as they become more accepted and more standard. Uh, I think also some of the maybe controversy around the vaccines will hopefully uh, fall into a more normal pattern. Uh, and uh, we will get back to just uh, following the guidance and recommendations of the healthcare providers we trust. What we found is when we started to uh, provide vaccinations in our clinics, many patients who may have been hesitant in the past to get a vaccine, once they had a chance to speak with their physician or their uh, nurse practitioner or PA who's their care provider that they trust and know, and they could have a real uh, informed discussion around the risk and benefits of a vaccination, we saw increased uptake in, in the vaccinations. So I, I think we'll see that normalize over time. And uh, COVID vaccines, I hope, will be seen like other vaccines as very powerful tools in protecting ourselves, our families, and our community. At what point do you think this pandemic will become endemic and, 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 and basically something that we just deal with uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, just like the cold or the flu? Well, you know, there's a lot uh, there's a, a lot smarter people than me that are epidemiologists that are trying to answer that question for us. I don't I don't think we know now, but I think we know we're we're moving into a different phase. Um, certainly a new variant can upset the upset everything and send us back into a surge. But we also have learned a lot. We have different uh, we have different tools uh, than we had at the beginning of the pandemic, vaccinations, uh, antibody infusions now oral medications. Uh, we understand better how to care for patients with COVID when they're sick and what interventions work and what interventions don't. And um, so we're in a better place. I think we're moving towards that living with COVID phase. Um, but again, everything we can do together to prevent uh, future surges, we, we should continue working on those efforts. Our thanks to Dr. Kurt Anderson, the Chief Medical Director of Genesis Health System.
Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply.